This is a homebrew podcast. Welcome back to the Kaleidosphere, a Dungeons and Dragons play podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Nathan. Joining me are, um, Cody, Party Splitter, Jack Rackman, <laughs> <laughs> Pippin, Moriarty. Well, wasn't expecting the splitter. Jonathan. Mitska, who is uh, desperately craving more salt and vinegar nuts. And Alex. Clacker Volkson, steep dreams are made of tea. <laughs> Join us on episode 25 of our first campaign, To Whom the Sea Belongs. On this drizzly um, morning of the ninth of rain summer, you awoke from your long rest on the coral island where Jack had another dream, or another communal with Yolda. And then, upon uh, discussing what you should do next, Zachariah set off on his own to head back south to try to rescue Hudson. Bye, Zachariah. Hope you find your friend. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I do too. Well, the rest of the party um, decides to continue heading north following uh, Yold's portents. And so we pick up... It, again, it's, it's drizzling. It varies from, like, actual rain to, like, kind of a light mist over the course of the following hours, so just kind of keep that in your head to set the tone of the day. But, yeah, what would you all like to do now? Well, I think it's best if we start heading on right away since we already split up. Yeah. All right, big fella. I, I think it's most appropriate you carry the, the giant totem. Oh, yeah. I, I thought so, you know. I mean, I can do it pretty easily. That's my, That was my thought. And I'll just grab the totem and put it over my shoulder. Yeah. Whoa. And so you, let me see, you're in wilderness, you're not being supernaturally guided, so that means it's time to roll on some random encounter tables. Oh, fun. Yeah. I've been perfecting the craft of random encounters since Henger Howe. I have larger, more sophisticated tables. But how can you say they're perfected if you haven't used them since? I've been... they much worse. I've been developing. Yeah, there we go. Because, like, is it random... Can it not be perfect if it's random? Because it's really random if you did it, because... Okay, I'm moving to the harder table now. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. 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 Got a 58 followed by a 69. I really hope 69 is just a very nice encounter of some kind. Oh, yeah. It's definitely not the least nice encounter. So as you are all sojourning north... I'm assuming that Jack is probably leading. Is that fair, given that you're the Yold spokesperson? Or would someone else be more yeah. comfortable in the wilderness? I've, I've got decent survival. Alright. Probably be keeping up beside Jack. Okay. He's a bit squishy boy. So, Jack, go ahead and make a uh, survival check. Isn't Moriarty, like, helping me with that? Yeah, you. Uh, I would say the whole party is just kind of being vigilant. <laughs> Great. I say we are very vigilant. Nice. You uh, notice a uh, large thicket of briars that spans like wide in either direction. You notice it before you're in the middle of it. And so you're able to completely circumvent it without taking a whole bunch of piercing damage from stumbling into a patch of briars. Briars, more like buyers. Hey. Hey, got me there. As a kid growing up in Alabama, I would get tangled in briars all the time and it was misery. So, good job not doing that. (laughs) So, 
to set the scene, again, this is kind of a boreal forest. There's a lot of streams. There's a lot of smaller briar patches, not like the massive one that you just avoided. Hmm. Uh, various vines and ferns that are kind of clawing their way up some of the conifer trees. There's occasionally deciduous trees. There's some aspen, some birch, some uh, maple. Primarily needling uh, coniferous trees, though. Um, forest floor is various stages of decomposed pine straw. Nuts scattered al- along the floor that you see some gray squirrels here and there coming in. Like Miska tries one. Of the um, squirrels? One of the nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah the nuts. but I... Okay, nut... I meant, like, acorn and, like, pine cone. Oh, okay. Do you... Does Mitsuka still want to try one of those? Nah, that's okay. Never mind. Okay, she, like, okay. picks it up and then looks at it and, like, sniffs it. Sure. Uh, I, then, yeah. <laughs> I... I had a pine cone in my head and I said nut. I'm not sure why. It <laughs> might have been... Might have been Mitsuka. Yeah. <laughs> All about them nuts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything specific that you are all like looking for, observing, um, talking with each other about as you are all walking? Hmm. So, did he say why he's not traveling, you know, fast traveling us with that moose this time? I, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. No, oh, seems like it would have been mighty, you know, pretty easy for us to get there if he would have just done that trick again. I mean, that's, that's, I think... And again, if it's a trial, I suppose it makes sense. Her, I don't know. I don't have these answers, Moriarty. <laughs> don't know what to tell you. We're just walking in the woods. I had to talk about something, and it didn't say you actually had to have the answer, so you're just talking. Er, I understand. Dude, what, what was I thinking about? I totally forgot to do something last session. We're going to do it right now. Uh, I, I need a straight charisma roll from Clacker. And a straight charisma roll from Zachariah, even though he is not present. A seven. Okay, pulling back up my Zachariah sheet. A nineteen. All right, Zachariah did not go by himself, or I mean, obviously he has his skeletons with him. He also has Gailey and Corgi in tow. Oh, oh. no! You're gonna lead them to death. We're gonna go find Hudson. He's playing hide and seek. We have to find him. <laughs> okay. We're gonna see them next time, and there's gonna I'm be a little like. I'm starting to think like, Jonathan little... doesn't like me. Not <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the thought of like next time we see Zachariah, there's like a little like fairy skeleton flying around. Oh no! <laughs> I retroactively picked up Corgi and gave Corgi like a lot, like a big snuggle next to me before they left. Oh boy. Yeah, Corgi Corgi enjoys that. Corgi reverts to their um, actual Corgi form since they're like in the forest. Mm-hmm. And uh, Z- uh, yeah, they, they depart with Zachariah and his entourage of skeletons. Oh. So yeah, that whole parting happened a couple hours ago. We're moving further uh, north into the forest. Thought sure. process here. Are you sure he turned back to a Corgi and he's not just like a little floating tiny skeleton? Um, for now he's a corgi um, but there's always that was a little bit more adorable Gailey I feel like they're talking about us right now what do you think (laughs) (laughs) I don't know we'll have to find them after it's a big game of hide and seek that might span the multiverse it really is Gailey it really is (laughs) (laughs) alright back with the main party you it's at- like me feel weird. 
<laughs> Wait, you didn't feel weird when Zachariah left, but now Gailey's gone? And you're no, having just, second thoughts? You two talking when you're not here. <laughs> I saw you! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you are continuing on through the forest, and you come to a river. Again, uh, Reniana is full, and like the, this woodland is full of of briars and streams and ravines that crisscross each other. But this river is about 30 feet wide and looks relatively deep, uh, fairly steady current, so it's going to be a little bit more difficult to simply traverse. Well, you all have swim speeds except for Moriarty, so maybe it's not actually that difficult to traverse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do you ford the river? Do you head upstream? Downstream obviously would lead you back to the coast, uh, even if you would end up a little bit further north. Hmm. Um, Jack, does Yule have anything to say to you? Which way to go? Um, it was crossing the stream is the way we need to go, right? Um, crossing the stream would take you, uh, essentially due north, which is the direction that the lightning cloud of Yule had directed. Um, essentially, like, I mean, you know, it's, it's a giant cloud of lightning in the sky, so it can't be ridiculously specific, but the implication was clear that you should head toward the mountains, Perhaps up the mountains. Perhaps beyond the mountains. Well, we're gonna have to cross this stream sooner or later, it seems, but we could, uh, we could check and see if it evens out. I see I hear some wolves in the distance there. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, uh, my dog. (laughs) So we're, so the idea is to cross the stream, you say, Jack? Seems the wolves have gone. I mean, if you need help, Moriarty, I think Clacker and B and Mitska could help. Oh yeah, you know, I'm already carrying the totem. You could just hop right on. I got you, buddy. <laughs> I just it's impressive. across the totem and you swim us across. Yar, How deep yar. is the water? It looks pretty deep. Let's tie the totem. Yeah, it's probably like 20 or 30 feet deep. Okay. 30 feet across. Here's some rope. Let's like tie it around your waist or something. Okay. That way it doesn't get caught up in the stream. Yeah. It's gonna be all tied up to this totem. I mean, uh, y'all are good at tying knots, since you know. I mean, especially the pirates. Right. Hudson was the one that normally tied the knots, but I imagine Jack's pretty good at it. I'm also a sailor by trade. Yeah. I'm a pretty good one with uh, some, you know, fishing knots. Muscle memory. I mean, given that three of you have a swim speed, a river really is not actually a difficult encounter to get across. So. If you decide to just continue across the river, I'm not going to make you make any checks for that. You can make it across the river. Okay. We can, yeah, we can carry more. We're tying everything up. We're <laughs> making this so complicated. Right. We're going to spend half the session coming up with a plan. And it's like, just, just right. go. Just right. go. Right. Yeah. Here just go. This river. Do any other trees on the other side look dead? Just chop it down and it'll the rest. Not a bad plan. Yeah. Um, it's probably about noon. The rain has picked up a little bit. You move... Uh, ever deeper into the forest. Um, at times, the the tree canopy is thick enough that you can't see the mountains ahead, but usually there's there's enough uh, light coming in between the, the trunks that you can still see um, the mountains before you. It's the middle of summer, but even so, probably about half of the mountains are still snow-capped, so they're pretty tall. And uh, another uh, survival check with advantage from uh, Jack. 21. Nice. Okay, so you... Uh, spot a um you spot an elk making its way toward you and it looks to be in uh pain 
It's got, uh, it's walking with a little bit of a limp. Its eyes look kind of wild. It's scraping its antler against, um, against the trees as it goes by, or as it goes by the trees. It is headed pretty much directly toward you. Err, it looks hurt. But I just see free dinner. The question is, what's coming behind it? That is a good point. I don't like the way we just got drawn into a map like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a look at you, and as it gets closer, you can see... Uh, Jack notices first, but all of you would see this. Um, actually, maybe Moriarty would notice first, because he's thinking about food. This thing is foaming at the mouth, and when some of the foam drips away from its mouth, you see that it has a complete set of razor-sharp teeth. Uh, oh, fuck. No, well, that's not what I was thinking was wrong with it. I thought it was... It was badly hurt. Now I think it might be diseased or something. Yeah. It lets out something between a bleat and a growl and starts running toward you. Oh, could Beatska real quick, like, roll insight to see if it's another, like, kind of aberration sort of something that we were seeing at Close Bay? Uh, you can absolutely do that. Let's also go ahead and roll initiative. Right. Um, go ahead and drag your characters out into the, like, clearing somewhere around here. Jack got a six. Uh, Miska got a 20 on Insight. Okay. And, oh, yeah, I gotta drag my character. Oh, yeah. The Elk got a 23, got a crit on initiative. Ooh. And we'll initiate a 19. Nice. I had a 13. All right. And, uh, Moriarty? That's a 6. All right. Well, the Elk is going first, uh, followed by Miska. Uh, Wait, Mitsuka. also, I rolled a 20 on my inside. I don't yeah. want to, you know. Yeah, so what uh, What exactly were you trying to determine? Like, if it was something similar to, like, the aberrations that we're seeing back in Cliffs Bay? Yes, similar. Alright. It's unnatural. Yeah. It is, uh, I think for a 20, I'll, I'll just say it's similar. Uh, you can dissect it and learn mm-hmm. more, assuming that it doesn't eat you. Yeah, okay. Uh, Misuka's gonna shout a warning, like, uh, watch out, everyone. It's an aberration, so it might have uh, some powers we don't understand yet. Be careful. All right, and with that, it is going to rush at the uh, first person it can, which is going to be Jack, and it is going to make a ram attack with its antlers. All right. And a 13 probably misses you, right? Hmm. Yeah, it would, but only if, only because the shield that I have... That wouldn't shield. So, uh, the question is, were you holding the shield? Uh, I I assume it's not unreasonable for you to have the shield up and at the ready if you see a messed up elk coming toward you. So I'll give that to you. Right, because my dexterity is 13. Wait a minute. No, I think that would still hit me even with the shield. I only have a plus one dex, so... I'm sorry, I had mage armor up usually in combat, so gotcha. I haven't had a chance to get it up, so... Right. <laughs> I actually think it does hit me. Yeah, so even with your shield, it slams into you. It You probably block it with your shield, but just the force is going to carry through and still damage you. For a total of uh, lots of d6, because it got its charge bonus, it's a total of 19 bludgeoning damage. And you need to make a dc 15 strength saving throw to avoid being knocked prone. Oh, I got a 3. Alright, you're prone. Uh, that's all it can do. It can't like trample you as well right now or anything like that. So that brings us to Mitska. Clacker will be after that. Does a 13 hit it? I'm sorry? I, I get to attack as a reaction from Sinnoh. Right. <laughs> does a 13 hit? Um, it does not. Okay. <laughs> um, I think Mitska 
has probably had her fill of um, magic uh, animals uh, eating her. So after the whole werewolf thing or werefolk thing. So I think she's going to stay in the back, but she is going to cast Sacred Flame All right. at it. And so that's a spell save DC 13, or a dex save uh, 13. Yeah, and I got a 17. All right, that's great. Um, and I think that will be all then. Yeah, actually. All right, Clacker, check after that. Um, would I have already have put the totem down, or would that require me to do something? Given how heavy the totem is, I think that in general, setting it down, I'm going to say, is a bonus action to like set it down without just flinging it to the side. Right. Given that you saw this thing coming, I would say you could go ahead and set it down this time if you want to. Okay, great. Yeah, I would have uh, seen that this thing was charging at us and have put it down in preparation. Uh, I'm going to run right up to it, and I'm going to rage as well. So let's rage. And the wild search for that is a one which uh, shadowy tendrils lash around me. Each creature of your choice that I can see within 30 feet of you must succeed a constitution saving throw uh, or take 1d12 necrotic damage. Wow, okay. All right. Uh, and it's a saving throw of 13. With a 22, I do succeed. Wow. That's so uh, I annoying. Also, I also gain... 1d12 of temporary hit points, which is 7. Nice. Uh, for the listeners, like as as you can all see in the chat, players, I'm not monstrously powerful. I've just been rolling really high. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so then I will uh, attack it twice for a 17. A 17 will connect. Alright. For uh, 16 slashing damage, because I'm raging. Mm-hmm. And then, ooh, a 12. A 12 is going to miss. Bummer. And as a reaction to taking damage, it's going to lower its horns and just rake across uh, Jack again. So, with advantage, it gets a plus 6, so I'm going to use whichever die rolls are here. Uh, 25 against Jack. Uh, actually, I'm going to use Silvery Barbs. Okay. Yeah. We love that spell. Everyone <laughs> has that spell. <laughs> I would just like to point out... I think a 13 is still going to hit. Wait, it's on. I think I'm gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna cast the shield spell itself. Okay. So it does not hit. Good Should've move. Done that in the first place. Teacher, I have to rules lawyer my own fucking teammate here. Oh. But there's no, there's no fucking way you have silvery barbs. What? You're a cleric. I have them from the magic item that Nathan gave me. You gave them to him, Nathan. <laughs> And you're talking shit if you gave them to us? <laughs> Listeners, Cody, leave this in. Nathan gave it to him. So I was about so to... No, no more. Nathan made that whole sarcastic comment. Oh, everybody has so many fires. That's bad, but you gave this to me after everyone already had it. <laughs> the first I, I thing I saw, I the very that. first thing I saw was like, you can get silvery barbs with this thing. And I was like, I was like, silvery barbs immediately. Done. Just for the memes. <laughs> there will, like, there I know will eventually be a battle them. where all of the PCs have silvery barbs and all of the NPCs have silvery barbs. <laughs> and it's just us like pointing fingers at each other. Just constantly going back and forth with this. Yeah. No you, um, no you. <laughs> 
So you really can't complain at all, basically. <laughs> yeah, you you brought this upon yourself. Um, the combination of silvery barbs and a shield, uh, you do manage to repel the antlers, Jack, and you don't get skewered. I also choose clacker to have advantage. Um, oh, that's right. On the next roll. Okay. By the way. Nice. And um, Jack, what does your shield look like? It's been a while since you've done that spell comes down on me with its antlers the silvery barbs go off and it turns the other direction its antlers kind of come at me still like it's now it's just like a random swipe but it's still gonna get me and I do that clap sonic boom thing and electricity static comes up and I kind of like kind of like recoil in horror as it barely misses nice that actually brings us to your turn I'm going to use my storm-touched ability to cast Misty Step Okay. to get behind Moriarty and Clacker. And then I will snap my fingers and launch a Firebolt. Alright. 12. Yeah, 12 is gonna uh, fizzle before it makes any real contact. Alright, uh, that brings us to Moriarty, so the monster is gonna die. Go ahead and kill this thing. Alrighty then. Where Moriarty's gonna step a little bit closer to it. And then he's going to swing away, grabs this fishing pole, and just smacks at it. 26, why didn't you give me advantage? That's a crit, (laughs) if you did. Yeah. I am so sorry. Well, a 26 does, in fact, hit. (laughs) Shocker. So so, so a 9. Alright, 26 for 9, and then I get a second attack. 26, I think that hits still. It does. For 10 damage. And then, bonus action, I swing again. With that one, crit still on the third. (laughs) For another 7 plus 17. Yeah. <laughs> That's 24, 34, 53. Jesus. Yep. Oh my. Yep. And Mr. Potboy moves up just up beside the big boy to some me. Right, Mr. Potboy. I love Potboy. Because, yold forbid, I get another turn with my carnivorous elk. It's going to eat one of you. Be kind of an interesting way to go, get eaten by an elk. I think so. I think Potboy is about to eat it, though. Yeah, that'll be horrifying. <laughs> I mean, you, you're free to get eaten by the carnivores. I, I don't plan on it. Well, that's it for Moriarty. I'm sorry, so nothing from Potboy? Well, uh, he moved. Uh, I think he can only move four. Yeah, I think if you did your pull bonus attack thing there, that's your... You can't do anything. Got it, okay. Yeah. Okay. He can use his reaction to impose disadvantage. Yeah, that's, nice. that's, that's why he's there. Yeah, so the elk is going to try to eat um, Moriarty, and uh, with his bite, he gets a 15 to try to hit. That's a negative. And that's all he can do, so he's going to run away. Coward. I doubt he's going to get very far. Yeah. <laughs> so he, oh, wait, he, dang. An 11 actually. miss. Yeah. Clacker gets an op attack, though, with advantage. Oh, yeah. I think so does my pot. 24. All very right. Nice. Very nice. See them deeps? 16 slashing damage. Uh, yeah, describe your killing blow. So, how would that work? That wouldn't work how I want it to. I'll just take my sword and uh, I'll slash off, like, the top of its head right where its antlers were. So, like, basically just the antlers and, like, the top of its skull kind of come out. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. You're going to try to make tea out of the antlers. So, like, its lower jaw is still, like, attached to the rest of its body? Yeah, but, like, it's... I basically, like, cut its brain in half. Great. 
Yeah, and so its 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 tongue lolls out of its mouth, but its mouth only has the bottom half at this point. Jeez, grizzly. Mitsuka's gonna run over to try to like inspect um, the elk and see, kind of like um, investigate more about the uh, feeling she had about it being some sort of aberration. Yeah, um, you can make like a uh, religion check or a medicine check or a nature check. There, there's a lot that could be appropriate here, and you can do so with advantage because you can take time to kind of poke around. I'm gonna do a religion check actually, and uh, I got a 15. Okay, so this creature is um, is not natural, and you can't remember it being mentioned in any like carnivorous elk, elk with sharp teeth and like rabies-looking type stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't remember that being written anywhere in any like fables or parables or like religious doctrine or tradition that you've studied in your time at the Wayfinders. It is not aberrant in the same way as the monsters at um, on Pinjerhow. Like it doesn't have an abundance of tentacles mm-hmm. and extra mouths or anything like that. Like it looks like a standard yeah. elk with rabies, but also with a mouthful of like dog teeth. Ugh. So mechanically it is a monstrosity mm-hmm. and uh its origin is still unknown with a 15, but it's uh, it's something novel to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I would share... Disturbing. Like, I haven't seen anything quite like this before, but uh, I don't think it's quite the same as the aberrations in Cliffsbane, but I don't like it. This is something new that I've never heard of. I don't think anybody's ever heard of. I mean, really, we find no sorts of critters in the world that we've never heard of every day? Yeah, but I've uh, studied quite a lot about them. Um, the different animals of the world, the different creatures, and I can find nothing that mentions an elk like this. Fair enough. Well, I'll take your word on it. Maybe it's one of those puzzle test things that they were talk- that Yold was talking about. Doesn't seem to me like this is something from Yold. No, but... Or maybe this is why we're being sent here. Get rid of these things on the way up? Yeah, he doesn't like these abominations. I get, I get that vibe. Or monstrosities. Er, let's burn it. All right, you can do so. If we're done investigating it. Does anyone else want to take a look at it? See if maybe they can find something about it that I can't? Well, is it going to poison us if we cook it? Is my only concern. Uh, I wouldn't take that risk. Well, we did not find dinner. (laughs) To try again later. You did not, indeed. Burn it away. Perhaps we could find more flavored nuts along the way. (laughs) Where are my nuts? What do you do with them anyways? Are you looking for them? Oh, I... Um, I had my own bag that I uh, got in Reniena, and I haven't... Yeah, somebody took mine as well. I I suspect it was Clacker. Oh, oh, is that so? It's not the, the nuts that you have been eating, or the, the ones I specifically go back in Cliffs Bay. No, not at all. Oh, no. No, no I, I, I don't think so. I would, you know... Weird, I, weird. It's, yeah. it's, it's all down to the fact that the bag that you're carrying says Heidi's on it. Just, <laughs> just go and just going to put that out there. Actually, the the bag I got was uh, Bofa nuts. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> well played. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I was gonna follow that follow that up, but with something else. But it's just I'm leaving it there. Just <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a good call. You'd like take inspiration from all of us. <laughs> you know what that create then? You know, you should look at the bottom. It has a sigma si- signal uh, <laughs> on the bottom. 
And Moriarty's just gonna walk off, let you guys burn this thing. Picks up Pop Boy and walks all right, off. All right. Jack will incinerate it. Yeah. You can dispose of it. Uh, you can move on your way. The rain has let up a little bit. It's still overcast. It's not like a low fog, you know, you can still see the mountains in the distance. It's just like the sky is completely black, or completely gray. And uh, you walk through the forest, you continue to trek a couple more hours without uh, incident. And uh, you spot a uh, clearing. Well, clearing, clearing might be a stretch. You spot a residence that is built in and among and around uh, the trees. At, at this area, the pine trees are covered in mosses and ferns. You see some bees buzzing in and out of a large hive hanging from a nearby branch. You see some raspberries, some of the biggest raspberries you've ever seen, and some blackberries that are similarly juicy and tempting, kind of growing out of some some of those, like, spiny weeds that they grow on. And you see a large figure, probably clacker's size, who is tilling the earth kind of around a small brick, a like mud brick hut that is in these trees. This clacker-sized figure is uh, apparently a moose folk. <laughs> Have you seen my dog? It's <laughs> 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 a pretty good one. Yeah, there are raspberry bushes, there are blackberry bushes, uh, bees in the trees, if you were like the plant, the the spiny plants that they grow on, I was like, "What you you mean like a raspberry bush, <laughs> blackberry bush?" Yes, those those are the words I was looking for. <laughs> I just wasn't gonna say it out. I was just putting. It, I was just yeah, asking in yeah. chat for a reason. <laughs> yeah, I misinterpreted. <laughs> Jack, you're that you seem to be the expert in uh, moose, mooses, moose, meese. Uh, whatever the plural might be, I believe you are the expert, so I, mm. I propose that you go ask about that. Or I can, uh, I can try. Oh, look, another one has come outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, as you hear the door creak, you do see another figure come outside. Um, it's a uh, oh. uh, tabaxi that converses with the moose person briefly, and then... Uh, the tabaxi just kind of sits down and watches the, the moose person at at his work tending to the land. Do they see us? They haven't spotted you yet. Okay. I think we would be friendly, just approach, and mm-hmm. once we get within, like, spotting distance, I would shout, Hello there! And the moose person will look up from his work, uh, it takes him a moment, he's got an enormous head, his antlers, uh, one of them gets caught in a tree branch and he moves it to um, straighten out. And he waves this, like, giant meaty hand, and he says, Hello. Er, me and my companions here are traveling up the mountain to, uh, well, we're trying to, I don't know, we're following some vague signs. It's hard to explain. Okay. I, uh, it's not very often that I get, uh, guests here. And here I am with, with two travelers, two guests, uh, two groups of guests, rather, in, uh, in one day. Oh. Well, we don't want to be a burden. We were just passing through. Oh, no, no, no burden. It's, uh, there's plenty of room for everyone in the forests of Renayuna. Come, come, come. Have you had lunch yet? It's like two in the afternoon at this point. Uh, no, no, I don't believe so. 
We were going to, but it seemed like it wouldn't agree with us, so we, we passed on it. <laughs> oh? Lunch wouldn't agree to being eaten? Were you going to eat some animal? We found some sort of a sick elk. A sick elk, you say? I've, uh, I've heard of a couple other, uh, things like this. You, you, you are headed to the mountains, you said, for, uh, for what purpose? It's a long story. You wouldn't, you probably wouldn't even believe me if I told you. Well, I had, um, I had vegetable stew, uh, just, uh, boiling on the, on the fire inside, if you want to, uh, regale me, uh, I think that's the word, regale, but then over, over a, a bowl of stew, you can certainly do so. I, I do enjoy, uh, people, not enough to live in a city, that's why I'm way out here by myself, hoping people stumble upon me. Er, well, it seems you've got just that today, uh, who's your, who's, who's the other, you know, the other travelers? Oh, this is, oh, oh, downside of living away from, uh, society for so long. Uh, my friend Tabaxi, I never actually asked your name. Uh, can you <laughs> introduce yourself, uh, to our new friends here? Yeah, so there's this, uh, Tabaxi sitting there. He's been kind of listening, half listening to you, and he has a, a, a lute across his la- lap, and he's kind of gently plucking the strings and, and tuning it, and, uh, hears himself referenced and perks up and says, oh, Me? Me? Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, you. I- oh! Where were my manners? I never asked your name. There were just two of us, so it was just, it's me, and it's you. I saw no reason. Oh, it's quite fine. I mean, what's in a name, really? And I would take a deep bow. The name's Lucky Shore. Pleased to make your acquaintance. And I, for one, love long stories. All right. And I look at the crew. I shrug. I guess I can uh, tell you what happened. Please do, I kind of give you guys a look that's just like, should I tell them? I, I think meets go with Maybe not uh, everything, but you could just say we're uh, looking for a lost friend in West Attica. I think they would know that we're looking in the wrong place if we're looking <laughs> West- around here for somebody in West Attica. Just, well, just putting that out there. We're making the journey. But it- the wrong way as far as I recall. <laughs> the moose person would finally introduce himself and say, My name is Yantor. Uh, it's wonderful to meet you all. Come inside. Let's let's talk over over my stew. And basically, you can you can catch them up on whatever you want to. Uh, we don't need to rehash the campaign. People have been listening to it. But if you want to tell me specifically what you like, leave out. That'll be pertinent for the conversation. I think I would tell them like you know who we are. I don't think I would say necessarily all the crazy stuff about oh we're you know trying to stop mind flayers back in Cliffs Bay. I don't think I would necessarily bring that up, but I do think I would have to explain a little bit about why we're going the other direction, and I would probably be very vague, and I don't know if I would even use the word, you know, like, quest or whatever, but I would definitely say that we're on, like, it sounds counterintuitive, but I, I've, I've got some information that suggests that if we go this way, it would be beneficial in the long term. Some information. Er, it's... Again, it gets into the long story part, but I'm something of a seer, and I have had a vision, so to speak. Yantor nods his massive head. Lucky rolls his eyes and leans back, like, ah, another one of these visions. Everyone has visions. It's so boring. I have 
visions, I commune with nature all the time. Of course, of course. No one sees anything anymore, though. Well, I mean, I, I did see it. I did see the thing. Exactly. It came to you in a dream. Well, I mean, it came to me in reality as well. In the form of a moose, in the form of a cloud, in the form of a giant wave that talked to me. Okay, well, that's a little more interesting. Why'd you leave all the good parts out? That's, I mean, that's a part of the, the long story, where it starts to get less believable. I love long, unbelievable stories. Now start again <laughs> from the top. And I would pull these, like, bagpipes out from my belongings and start to play very softly. And if Jack didn't start talking, I would stop playing and, like, stare at him and be like, you're supposed to talk over the music. I think bagpipes and softly are oxymoronic. I can play yeah, bagpipes softly. That, you can but... play bagpipes. I'm the bard here, Yon. <laughs> Yontor. What was his name? Yontor. And when you say uh, came to me in a moose and a cloud and a wave, he gets kind of a distant look and he nods and he like scratches one of his antlers. There was also a lightning moose. I'm pretty sure. You're burying the lead. What? What is that massive wooden totem that you left right outside my doorway? Oh, you that, 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 don't worry about that. That's a personal effect. It, For being a personal effect, it looks remarkably like the legendary totem of Tegal. Oh, you heard of it! Why, yes I have. It sounds as though you were chosen by, uh, by Yold. Well, I mean, it seems the cat's out of the bag. I mean, this guy put all the pieces together. I mean, Excuse the me? Cat, the cat is holding the bag. <laughs> Sir, I don't know where the you're cat from. The is playing the bag. <laughs> well, we don't put that. cats in bags where I come from. Wow. It's a, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a turn of phrase. Didn't mean any offense. <laughs> Moriarty right. puts down a bag and a cat goes out. <laughs> I look at the crew and I sigh and I... I tell the story again, but I fill in a lot more of the gaps. I bring up, you know, how we all met through the weird abomination things and that we fight them. And that's kind of our weird goal is to help people overall. But it's it's hard to explain because right now we're not doing that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're trying to help our, our friend. Right. That's where it starts getting confusing. That's... All right, we had another friend. He was very upset. He was very confused. <laughs> he couldn't understand. Because <laughs> it starts getting really confusing. No, I think Lucky is riveted. I think at a certain point, the, like, mouthpiece, like, would fall out of his mouth, and he would see how, like, earnest Jack was being, and he'd immediately, like, scuffle around and start pulling parchment out and start, like, <laughs> taking notes. Like, Furiously no, scribbling. It's wonderful. I... Am a uh, worshiper of Yold myself. Very nice. Well, maybe you could inform me of the proper way that I should be going about this, because I feel uh, what's I feel like uh, dressed down or whatever. Like I, I I don't know. Like I'm doing the wrong things clearly. Oh, uh, I wouldn't worry about that too much. Yold does as Yold wills. Yold is. Inscrutable, like the, uh, the ocean from which the waves come. Uh, intangible, like the air from which this rain comes. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that statement. I, from my experience with him, he's very intangible. <laughs> As the spiritual king over the gods, I expect his hands are divinely tied quite often. He can only say and do so much. Um, infinite power comes with infinite limitation. <laughs> yeah, I, I get friendly it. friendly neighborhood moose man. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> he says that and Lucky like puts his finger out and then stops and then puts <laughs> his finger out to talk again and then stops and just shakes his head. <laughs> That was unintentional until I was halfway through it, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's just go there. <laughs> yeah, gotta roll with it. Yeah. Perhaps it is Yold's uh, divine guidance that brought us together, Jack and friends of Jack. I am an archdruid guarding this forest. Wow. I saw Lucky Shore's eyes get really big there. <laughs> and uh, I am very troubled by the state of this forest. I fear that there are aberrations stirring in the... In the soil, as it were. Uh, I mean that metaphorically. I have no reason to believe that that is literal, but perhaps. The gnolls have been uh, increasing in their aggression, and uh, the hobgoblins, who typically follow their own code, have been forced to be a little bit more aggressive as well, in turn, let alone the orcs. The uh, the other druid in this, uh, in this forest, Apex, he goes by foul excuse for a druid. He embodies all the worst carnal instincts of, of nature. Not the healing, not the growing, not the rejuvenation. I fear that foul uh, deific forces even might be at play, and perhaps Yold brought you here to me to help. Mm. And uh, he sits back. It, you, you get the clear impression this is more... Uh, he has not used his voice this much in a very long time. And so he's done mm. talking. Um, Mitsuka's gonna, like, lean over to Clacker, I think. Um, do you still have the part of that elk that you cut up? Perhaps you could show oh. it to him and he would be able to oh, yeah. do some sort of magic to figure something out. Well, I've just got the horns, really. That's that's the only, that's that's all I took off of it, so... Maybe that'll be enough. I guess. And so I'll, like, take the horns. <laughs> I've just been carrying them. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Oh, oh, the poor thing. You know, you should have seen how it was coming at us, though. Right. It was clearly sick. It was coming right Foaming at us. Foaming at the mouth. With its Foaming root. from the mouth. Yeah, it looked like, you know, it looked like something had gotten to it, but it, I don't know what it could have been. An elk acting in wanton aggression? Kind of wasn't a normal elk. It had a mouth that with teeth like a dog, one might say. Oh, oh, the poor thing. He'll say again, and you can see, like, moisture in the, like, fur under his eyes. There, there, it's okay, we put it down. put his hand on the... <laughs> he'll put his hand on the horns, and, or on the antlers, and just have a moment. And he'll say, I do fear this is the work of Apex, or of the, uh, the gnolls that have been causing so many problems. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think that Yold has sent you here to help me. Is this a, uh... And he'll just trail off in the middle of a sentence. Do they happen to be making, you know, like some sort of fortress or something up in a mountain? Uh, which <laughs> one was it that we were being sent to? Whatever, which top was it? Jack? I, I, I don't really know. He didn't point to right. that thing. I, it, it's the one that we've been heading towards. It's the um, Dakarolish mountain range. If you pull up the world map uh, from the handout. 
I didn't know if it was a specific spot like we were heading to on the place. <laughs> I mean, you're I think pretty close to the to the ocean, but yeah, you're headed northward toward those mountains. He uh he didn't point to a specific one. I think Jack would steeple his fingers and look over and say, "Look, it sounds crazy, but I mean, it's it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard that he could have sent us here to kill these abominations." But I do believe he sent us to find another one of these artifacts, much like that totem pole. We're supposed to use it to do something. There's some sort of a greater puzzle at large. Are you familiar? You were familiar with this one. He said there were ten. Ten totems? Is there one nearby? Not one like that. The various peoples of Reniena often use totems to tell stories, to memorialize their, uh, their great ones to uh, act as uh, what other other cultures use as uh, flags, mar- markings of, of family. Hmm. But none of these are intrinsically magical. Simply culturally, uh, what's the word? Important, um, emotional. Man, I can't think of the word I'm trying to, trying to find. Sentimental. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I raise my pen. Hmm. Well, maybe he did send us to help him. Maybe that's the puzzle we're supposed to figure out up here. Do you know about any big puzzles up in these mountains? Oh, the uh, Goliaths and dwarves, the giants that, with their endless wars, they always have been good uh, craftsmen, good puzzlers. I imagine they have all kinds of uh, of knickknacks, of uh, mysteries, of brain teasers in the mountains of Dagharal. Maybe, maybe, I don't that doesn't seem pertinent. Maybe he was talking about Apex, but I don't know. Moriarty's going to look at the sky and he's going to be very convenient if tonight he kind of gave us another clue. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, it's a mountain range over here. Perhaps maybe one of his most loyal and faithful followers uh, over here could uh, pray to him and uh, give us some, some guidance. Well... He's not the most. You want to add a, a D4 to uh, one of your D20 rolls? <laughs> I hate you so minute. much. I knew I shouldn't have said that word. <laughs> yes, sure. Why not? Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> I see. Yeah, he's not very directly that. Hmm. I mean, it seems like you've talked to him quite a lot, actually. Yet. Don't mind me. As deities go, yeah. Yantor will try to uh, commune capital C commune with Yolda before I go into my meditative state I um I want to know what um questions I might ask on your behalf I may have three yes or no questions are we here to stop Apex are the aberrations the thing we're supposed to do like wait can we huddle up let's uh, let's huddle up and uh, think of our questions uh, yeah, before we can I come <laughs> Uh, um, I sure, see you, seem, you seem like quite the All intelligent right. fellow. You're both invited to the huddle, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I love huddles. Yentor spreads his arms, and they go almost around all of you. Clacker <laughs> is big enough that he can't quite. <laughs> I play some very soft flute music. <laughs> this is my huddle song. <laughs> Your flute is just hitting people in the huddle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm very gracious. I'm graceful. Okay, so mm. if we only have three questions, we should make them 
really, really, uh, you know, good ones. Uh, perhaps one of them should be, uh, should be save Hudson Swift or not? Wait, who's uh, that? Oh, I have a question. Wait. Um, does that exist? Are, they, are they yes or no questions? Or are they like, could he elaborate? Or should we ask like specifically yes or no questions? Okay, that's two. As Fuck. much as I want to talk about Hudson with you all right now, we've already established Zachariah's going there. We have to try to figure out what we're doing here in the mountain. That's true. That's that's a good point. So going off topic like that won't help us here. Right. I think we should focus on the task at hand. Are we in the right place? I think uh, his, our friend here, brought up a thing. Maybe we are sent here to, to take care of Apex and these abominations. Maybe we should ask about that. If that's Yarr. our task or not, then we need some dinners. What are we looking for? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a yes or no question, my friend. Are we looking for something <laughs> that will help save Hudson? Or oh, you're terrible me. at this. <laughs> help save. Put away to come to suggest any ideas. We've just met you two minutes ago. Can you uh... after after each of your like statements about what question might uh, might be posed? Yontor just nods and says, "Hmm, like everything you say is wise and a good question." <laughs> <laughs> well, there are no stupid questions. We're just reduced to how many questions we can ask. Hmm. How many ducks do you think you could fight? Ducks. <laughs> A lot. So, now we take we take back the the this. Alright, hold you two hold on a second. And Moriarty is gonna kind of shift and look at the others like they don't get to ask questions. <laughs> Alright, so we need to ask if Apex is one the task we're here. Now what was the other ones? <laughs> Are Sorry, we in the right he place? Like, he's like, how many ducks can you fight? <laughs> and Moriarty's like, God damn it. <laughs> I thought you thought you wanted me to show you a stupid question. <laughs> mm. uh, something about like, is this the puzzle we're supposed to solve? Is... That's a that's a good thought. Like line, something maybe, along like, those lines. If, like the the problems of this forest are the puzzle we have to solve. Yeah, yeah. So we need a third mm. Is this where you were leading us? Is yeah. the solution with Apex? I like those two questions. I feel like a good question is like, are we looking for some sort of object? Like, is there a totem here? Or like, oh, that is a really good question. Like, why? Like, I want to say, why the fuck did you lead us here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, that's not a question I can ask. So I'm trying to reverse engineer my thought, which is ultimately, what are we looking for? How are we looking for a thing, or are we looking for a place? Because didn't Yold say that there was ten artifacts, not necessarily right, right. totems? So they could be other things as well. So yeah, I feel like is yeah, hmm. I think that's a good question. Like, just is what we're looking for an object or how does that sound? That sounds that's three. Good. Yeah, okay, that's three, right? Yeah. Is that the sound of him divining? <laughs> that was Pop Boy hanging around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Pop Boy. <laughs> can can I see so, that? <laughs> Can you repeat the questions real quick, please? Is this where you were leading us? Right. Um, is the solution with Apex? Are we looking for some sort of an item? I think those are the three. Does that sound worded correctly? I mean, those are yes/no questions, I believe. Yeah, I think I don't know how to improve upon those. 
Or maybe, maybe instead of is the solution with Apex, does the solution involve Apex? Dang, that might be improved. I feel like that's a little more, like, general, you know? Alright. Yontor nods and uh, mumbles to himself sagely, and then uh, uh, his, the inside of his hut is like, he's got a large table that's made out of the naturally grown root uh, that is near his house, and he's kind of like sanded it down a little bit. So the middle of his room, or the middle of his like living space is pretty open, just like a wool rug, and so he'll uh, sit down in it in like the lotus position, he'll light some candles with some uh, pleasing aromas of like northern woods, like I know this isn't originally Norse, but like cinnamon and nutmeg and other like yummy hot chocolatey type aromas. And uh, his eyes roll into the backs of his head, so it's just white. Before before his eyes roll into the back of the head, his head, Mitska puts a hand on his shoulder and uh, says, uh, Good luck, and we'll be uh, here to protect you no matter what happens. And then she casts guidance on him. <laughs> on the next D20. <laughs> nice. Um, so what was that? You said you'll be here to protect him no matter what happens? Yeah, I said that. Why yeah. did you? <laughs> As the eyes roll into the back of his head and he goes into this uh, helpless trance-like state, you hear um, piercing mournful notes on the on the air. You hear the, uh, the trumpeting of the hunting horns of a pack of gnolls headed toward you. And that is where we will end off tonight. Alright, cool, cool. I'm sorry, what did you just promise? I didn't hear. <laughs> a war party of gnolls. We will bring a war party of gnolls, we promise. <laughs> Hudson well, would... just promised him to protect him from anything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so he sent a war party of gnolls. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. This has been the Kaleidosphere, to whom the sea belongs. Thank you for joining us on this epic voyage. Uh, we're on Patreon now, so uh, head over to the Homebrew Patreon to see all the great uh, rewards for the Homebrew Network. We'd also love to hear from you and what you think of the show so far. So uh, you can find all of our contact information at uh, linktree slash the Kaleidosphere uh, to find Discord, Twitter, and our uh, email. This campaign is dedicated to Brandon, who we hold in loving memory. To Whom the Sea Belongs is a campaign set in the Kaleidosphere. That's kale, like the vegetable, Ido, I-D-O, sphere. Join us next week as they protect Yantor from anything and everything that comes his way. God damn it, Mitsuko. Why do you have to say anything? Yeah, I really... that... I apologize. <laughs>